Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is your host, Abby Martin. This is the audio of our show. You can watch the episodes on our YouTube channel or at theempirefiles.tv. As we continue our series, Trump Expanding the Empire, Trump has jolted the entire establishment by announcing the removal of U.S. troops in Syria. We've beaten them and we've beaten them badly. We've taken back the land and now it's time for our troops to come back home. They're all coming back and they're coming back now. We won and that's the way we want it and that's the way they want it. The U.S. military has 800 bases around the world with soldiers in 70% of the world's nations. Obviously, reining back the U.S. empire anywhere and removing troops anywhere is a good thing. So it's really been quite atrocious to see the Democratic Party establishment working with most of the GOP and Pentagon to attack this decision from the right, decrying any troop withdrawal as dangerous for so-called national interests. Donald's right. I agree with him, Putin. Imagine that is the comment of Vladimir Putin on the actions taken by the President of the United States in relationship to Syria. An action that was taken without the benefit of the thinking of our national security establishment, a decision that is dangerous, and a decision that is a Christmas present to Vladimir Putin. It's amplified the claim by liberal pundits, journalists, and Democratic Party leaders like Hillary Clinton that Trump is some kind of isolationist who wants to rein back America's expansive military machine. So what is going on here? Is Trump really curtailing the U.S. empire and pushing back against the military-industrial complex that has dominated U.S. foreign policy since World War II? No. In fact, this couldn't be further from the truth. Like in Afghanistan, Trump is simply removing the troops he himself added since taking office. While Trump railed against Obama for putting U.S. troops in Syria, he left office with less than 300 U.S. troops there. But through 2017, that number grew to around 2,200 today, approaching 10 times the amount under Obama. But it's hard to know the true number since Trump broke with Pentagon policy and actually stopped disclosing troop deployments to Syria and Iraq. How democratic. And while I was the first to call Obama the drone king, Trump has drastically ramped up U.S. bombing in every region of the world, along with a massive amount of civilian casualties. Not too surprising, considering he campaigned on a new major war to not only bomb the shit out of alleged terrorists, but their families, too. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. We'll build a wall on the southern border, and yes, I will also quickly and decisively bomb the hell out of ISIS. I'm going to bomb the shit out of them. It's true. I don't care. You have to take out their families. When you get these terrorists, you have to take out their families. They, they care about their lives, don't kid yourself. Mr. But they Trump. say they don't care about their lives. You have to take out their families. Trump definitely kept that horrific promise. In 2017, the number of U.S.-led airstrikes in Iraq and Syria increased 50%. But they became far more deadly for non-combatants. While Trump's airstrikes were a 50% increase from Obama, he increased civilian casualties by 215%, killing an estimated 6,000 civilians in just one year. Trump himself takes credit for that spike, bragging about giving the generals more freedoms to unleash their weapons of mass destruction. We weren't fighting to win. We were fighting to be politically correct. Uh, I also gave the power to the people on the ground 
the White House used to get calls, can we do this, can we do that? Ridiculous. So I totally changed rules of engagement. And let's just get this out of the way. The U.S. military is not fighting a war in Syria to defeat ISIS, just like it's not fighting an endless war in Afghanistan to fight terrorism, just like it's never fought a war anywhere for human rights or democracy. The reasons they say at press conferences are never the reasons they talk about behind closed doors. In reality, all of these wars are about expanding U.S. control. Syria has been a target ever since they won independence from British and French colonialism in 1963. And along with other pan-Arab victories in the region like Libya, Iraq, Egypt, and beyond, they were all on the chopping block for American capitalism. Trump has also slapped 287 new sanctions on Syria, showing he's continuing the policy of crippling the Syrian state and population. Let us not forget that Trump's first foreign policy act was crossing another line Obama was too scared to do, launching strikes against the Syrian state from his dining room at Mar-a-Lago. It's the type of escalation that could lead to a new world war, but was flippantly carried out over chocolate cake. The U.S. empire's proxy in the Middle East, Israel, carried out even more bombing. Trump ushered in a new phase where Israel began targeting Syrian forces, bombing them at least 10 times in the last two years. These airstrikes would likely never have happened without approval, assistance, or orders from the Pentagon. Remember, Trump didn't announce an end to the U.S. operation in Syria. He simply said he's removing 2,000 troops. Nothing about the continued bombing, which he dramatically escalated in his first year. And even though bombings dropped in intensity in 2018, after there was basically nothing left to bomb, large numbers of airstrikes continue, contradicting the claim that the war is over. In the last two weeks of 2018 alone, the Pentagon says it carried out over 1,000 engagements in Syria and nearly 500 airstrikes. Nothing about supporting its foreign surrogates, like Turkey, to do all the dying in place of U.S. troops. Trump has been pushing his far-right collaborator Erdogan to purchase vast amounts of U.S. anti-aircraft weapons, no doubt for proxy aggression against Iran, Russia, and Syria. Not to mention there are over 5,000 private mercenaries in Iraq and Syria already working for the U.S. Trump has said nothing about removing them. And even the withdrawal timetable keeps changing. On December 19, Trump ordered a rapid withdrawal of U.S. troops from Syria to be carried out within 30 days. Four days later, he tweeted that rapid withdrawal is now a slow pullout. Sarah Sanders also reassured the war-hungry press that U.S. forces would be ready to re-engage at a moment's notice in Syria. Trump even sent his Cretan John Bolton on an apology tour to assure Israel that the U.S. could leave some forces in Syria indefinitely while building up troops in Jordan, Iraq, and Turkey to fight Iran. Trump bizarrely diverted questions about the changing timeline by criticizing Obama for not bombing Assad. Yeah, I never said fast or slow. What's, yeah, your, just, what's your timetable? When do you want troops to be out? I don't know. Somebody said four months, but I, I, didn't, I didn't say that either. Obama gave up Syria years ago when he didn't violate the red line. I did when I shot 59 missiles in, but that was a long time later. And when President Obama decided not to violate his statement that never crossed the red line, and then they did it, he didn't do it, to think about it. You know, making a threat is okay, but you always have to follow through with the threat if you're gonna make that threat. And in one of the most brazen imperialist statements ever made by a U.S. president, Trump admitted that there was nothing for big business to steal in Syria's deserts. Look, we don't want Syria. We're not talking about, you know, vast wealth. We're talking about sand and death. 
seems like Trump and his friends are only interested in what resources they can pillage and what markets they can open and plunder as a consequence of U.S. invasions. So many other countries are ripping us off that if we got that under control, you wouldn't have to raise taxes. How do you get it under control? By going to Iraq and saying, you know what? You have $15 trillion worth of oil. Guess what, folks? You're going to be paying us back. When I heard that we were first going into Iraq, some very smart people told me, well, we're actually going for the oil. And I said, all right, I get that. I get that. We lose thousands and thousands of lives. And then, Matt, what happens is we get nothing. You know, it used to be to the victor belong the spoils. I always said, take the oil. Why don't we just take over the oil? We should take it over. Should we be running Iraq right now? We should be running the oil. Unfortunately, Bush didn't have that in mind. I'd bomb the hell out of the oil fields. I'd then get Exxon. I'd then get these great oil companies to go in. They would rebuild them so fast your head will spin. You, you ever see US how they put, excuse me, you ever see how fast they put up rigs? These guys are unbelievable. The thing is, Trump isn't talking at all about withdrawing any troops from Iraq, where he wants to pillage the oil. If you look at a map of where U.S. troops actually were set up in Syria, it's literally just a few miles from the border of Turkey, Jordan, and Iraq, where the U.S. military has bases and large numbers of troops already stationed. So it's really just a repositioning of U.S. forces. And when you see that Syria is actually completely surrounded on all sides by hostile U.S. lapdogs, most hosting large U.S. military installations and American troops, the ability for the empire to withdraw troops but continue aggression is pretty clear. And while Trump's Syria troop withdrawal got all the attention, what went totally under the radar is that he simultaneously announced the indefinite extension of the criminal occupation of Iraq. There will be a strong, deliberate, and orderly withdrawal of U.S. forces from Syria. Very deliberate, very orderly. While maintaining the U.S. presence in Iraq, to prevent an ISIS resurgence and to protect U.S. interests. Trump campaigned on opposing the Iraq war from the beginning. The reality is he was actually just for the war being done the right way. But we have an idea who the enemy is, and a lot of times the politicians don't want to tell you that. Are you for invading Iraq? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, I wish it was, I, I wish the first time it was done correctly. But it doesn't so much matter what Trump said about Iraq before he had any political power. Now that he's commander-in-chief, what he's done is all we can go by. By the 2008 election, public opinion was deafening. The people wanted troops out now. It's a central reason Obama was elected. Under Obama, the number of troops precipitously dropped from around 180,000 soldiers to just 5,000 through the last years of his tenure. While Obama did start adding larger troop deployments in 2016 to, quote, fight ISIS, Trump came in and hit the gas. By the end of his first year in office, Trump had nearly doubled the number of U.S. troops in Iraq, and they were doing much less advising and assisting and much more killing and dying on the front lines. So much so that more U.S. troops have been killed there during two years of Trump than in the previous four years combined. 37 soldiers have lost their lives for Trump's ISIS mission, but you would never know it by watching the news, as if the war is long over. Trump essentially cemented a new Iraq war, and doing so means that at any moment, it could escalate in size and violence. U.S. presence there is a powder keg ready to blow. And remember, he coupled this with a ruthless bombing escalation that caused civilian casualties to skyrocket. 
in a single series of U.S. airstrikes in 2017, possibly over 500 civilians were killed at once in what became known as the Mosul Massacre. It was the single largest death toll inflicted since the war began in 2003. That blood is on Trump's hands. Of course, this airstrike was not the only one like it. It's likely thousands of Iraqi civilians have been killed by U.S. bombs ordered by Trump's cabinet. But they're not really concerned. Over the summer, the Pentagon stated that we'll never know how many civilians the U.S. has killed under Trump's leadership. And I guess they'll never care. For those of us who care about ending the crimes of the empire, we have to look at these actions in a larger context. That a scale down of military operations in one area also means a pivot to build up operations elsewhere. In Syria and Iraq, all U.S. troops, air power, and mercenaries need to be brought home immediately. Not these minor reductions in favor of more bombing and sanctions that Trump is giving us. While nobody should oppose the fact that Trump is removing these troops, we shouldn't give him credit either. He's the one who ramped up bombing, ramped up troop numbers, and ramped up death and destruction in the region. Trump is a war criminal, and that's what he will always be for the aggressive policies he's caused, where millions more are now suffering under the boot of U.S. domination. A real end to these criminal wars won't come from any president or member of either ruling class party. It will come from the only force in history that has ever won progressive change, a grassroots movement of millions of people in the street demanding it. Thank you for listening to our Empire Files podcast. Help keep us independent and ad-free at patreon.com slash empirefiles. And be sure to catch our newest episodes by subscribing to our YouTube channel.